This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is Love Sport Radio with your Brentford Fan Show. Uh, this coming to you, uh, of course, courtesy of B. Sotter. Joining me this evening in the building, um, Gary. But we'll go left, left wing to right wing. Uh, not like politics, but you mm. know, as in like middle Over. of the pitch. Uh, no, no, Gary, my, my my left is useless, mate. So Gar- Gary, oh fine, you're right wing. Yeah. What, what position did you used to play? Um, I used to play centre forward. It's a bit of a target man, a bit yeah. of a big presence up front. And we're gonna have a, a, a former Brentford. You know, striking legend Lord Arus is going to join us uh, a little bit later. Uh, Dave Lane is down the middle. You've been on a scouting mission, haven't you? I have, mate, mate. But my left foot, mate. Found anything? Oh, I had a left foot to die for, mate. What happened? I scored many an own goal with with this, with this <laughs> left foot. <laughs> if it's better than Phil Jones's, I want I want to see it. Uh, Billy the Bees with us, yes, as well. Good evening. I'm I'm still 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 salutations. Morbid. Oh mate, I'm telling you, I've just I've just come out of the you know I've, I've just taken the veil off and I'm I'm still still. You're in mourning, aren't you? I'm mourning. I can't. Yes. I mean, I can see you've got the all black outfit on as well. That's you right, just, yeah. you do look like you come Scottish from Scottish widow. Scottish widows <laughs> ad. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. We're going to be looking back at the game against Hull. Lloyd Awusu joins us as well, as does uh, Gabriel Sutton. Um, we're talking about the uh, the Christmas fun night. <laughs> There's um, fun. There's fun. Listen, we might be losing, but there is fun happening still at Griffin Park. And at this very it's moment in, inverted, in time... It's in inverted commas. It's like <laughs> fun. fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But um, uh, at Griffin Park at this very moment in time, they've got all the players. They've got a lot of fans down there. They've got the Right league. now? Yeah, right now. And uh, it's a Christmas fun day. And Gary uh, Paul, you having fun? No, unfortunately, I would like to have gone because it would have been good to go there and not watch us lose, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Fair enough. That's right. So, and, and then, then there's, there's been a lot of activity. So what we're doing is we're getting, the, we're getting little bits of information coming in from the Brentford Fun evening, Christmas Fun evening, and uh, we'll be peppering the show with uh, exactly what's going down. It's, always, it's almost like a, like a live broadcast, a, little, a bit of commentary, mm. like, you know, and letting people what's, what's going down. Apparently, uh, Laney, have you got any, any... Yeah, yeah, Thomas Frank's there. Thomas Frank says, yeah, he's avoiding Santa Claus just in case he gets handed the sack. <laughs> hey, that's, good. that's one of your best. That is one of your best. Usually they're shocking, Dave. No, no, <laughs> oh, I love, it, it, bits. I love it bits. They're, they're absolutely shocking sometimes, but that is one of your best. Very good. Yeah, so, uh, but, but, yeah, but other than that, like you said, Saturday. Um, 
<laughs> it's becoming like we said to it, it's like um, Bill Murray. There's the three Bill Murrays in this studio. Like, who did we lose to yeah, this week? Groundhog Day, like, you know, we've woken up again. Bling! There we go. We've lost again to Hull City. Um, to, to be fair to, to, to Thomas Frank, the manager, he, he, he flipped it up at the weekend. Yeah. And, uh, but it still didn't kind of, quite, you know, didn't, didn't, it still didn't quite go according to plan, like, you know. And as we say, but first of all, like I said to you, we, we you know, we, like, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Hull City in a little bit, but, you know, I want to go back and chat about Thursday, because on Thursday, as people know, the, it was the memorial to Brentford's ex-technical director, Rob Rowan, or he's the technical director, Rob Rowan, who unfortunately died, it was about a month ago now, it yeah. was, and uh, they, Brentford had a, he had a funeral up in Scotland, in Kirkcaldy, a couple of weeks ago, and then Brentford said they were going to hold a memorial service to him. It was open to all to come down and uh, and, and and to check it out. And Besotted we were there, as well as a lot of fans. And uh, I have to say, it was a really, really lovely evening. It was freezing cold, it has to be said. It was held at Griffin Park. So what they did is that, you know, you turn up at Griffin Park, you're actually in the stands. It was just, you know, and uh, it's just by the side of the pitch. So everyone turned up in the stands and, uh, I mean... All the must have been every every single player must have been there. So all the players were there, all the B team players, all the staff were there, and a lot of fans turned up. His family had come down from Scotland, and uh, basically it was it's very simple, but it was a really quite a nice little vibe. So what they did, they had you know some speakers, they had a massive screen that was put up there as well. They put the um, around the edge of the pitch, they put the the, the LED lighting with Rob Rowan and, and the dates of, of his birth and stuff like that. And uh, then they had you know a number of people come up and they had some really lovely speeches from you know Phil Giles, uh, our director of football. He spoke. Um, Andy Scott spoke as well. He was. Uh, even though Rob Rowan um, was the, the director, of the, uh, the head of the B team, and, and Andy Scott was the chief scout at the time, or he got promoted to the chief scout, they actually formed a really good relationship. So even when Andy Scott left and went to Watford, they used to meet up, you know, probably once a week. And uh, you know, you know, and again, it's great. And I mean, Andy Scott, you know, he broke out into tears. Um, obviously, really, really gutted about what happened, as, as everybody else was. The the, the club secretary is there, um, Peter Gillum, lovely mm. poem as well that he did. But it was a really, really lovely evening now the thing that i got from that as well was it was even though we were going through a lot of grief on the pitch it seemed to be almost like a real sort of family-ish vibe at brentford because you had the fans there and the you know matthew Benham was there the owner um you know all the, all the directors all the players you know thomas frank i spoke to thomas frank for 45 minutes you know about seri- various different things and everyone just come together and it was to, that one moment that you sort of think you know at some stage we always try to elevate ourselves and put ourselves into this different area you know to be level to man united or you know if you go to the premier league that's where you're going to be but then you realize actually this really is brentford and we are a small little club in west london which has actually got a real community vibe and you really actually felt that there and i felt that more than i felt that quite a lot in the last few weeks where obviously things are going horribly wrong and fans are getting really angry and horrible you know and and fair enough because things aren't going right but that was a moment and I, i must admit after that um, event there and like I said to you speaking to you know Thomas Frank speaking to Matthew Benham speaking to you know all the people at the club there who are really feeling speaking to Rob Rowan's family I spoke to his brother and I actually thought we were going to get a result on Saturday because of the sort of togetherness was there and it unfortunately it didn't quite come together but I don't know I've just got maybe a little me I've just got a little bit of hope seeing what we've got there and I'm just thinking listen if they can keep this togetherness going over the next you know 
month or two months or whatever it may be and we stick together you know we should be able to pull through because I, I keep remembering the fact that we have got good players you know and you know people are arguing whether or not Thomas Frank is the right person or the wrong person that, that's a different thing altogether but I'm thinking we have got a good nucleus there and also there are some terrible teams in our division and I'm just thinking that we should be able to pull this through and I think we just need a little bit of a little bit of luck to actually just get one decent result yeah well uh, i was i was primed to go to to rob rowan's memorial but i had to last minute dash to israel and i was in tel aviv for a couple of days um and i i was with you i spoke to you and you know i, I actually sort of I, I began to believe that you know the vibe this positivity that's come out of something negative we would go to hull and we would get you know get a decent result and then i stepped off the plane back in heathrow on on saturday evening and i've seen we've we've lost again and i was just thinking you know nothing nothing is getting any better bill and you know it's we're waiting for this reaction we're waiting for we're waiting for this big drop of a changing vibe and it it, week after week it's not happening so you know it's 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 not it's not brilliant obviously let's let's take a pause uh on the back of this we're going to carry on talking about the game on saturday talking about uh the the uh the promotion of kevin o'connor as well to to assist the manager i haven't got a clue what that is about and to be honest I was going to potentially shout and say Kevin O'Connor for Rob Rowan's old job. You know, I, I thought he would have been, you know, a, a good candidate because he gets the club, he knows the club, rather than putting him in the firing line as assistant manager. It's a very, very weird move, I, I in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep talking about it on the way back. Scott Carson has just pulled off a fine save for Derby County. They are at home to Nottingham Forest. nil nil, 65 gone on the clock there. Joe Lolly, who's been an impressive capture for uh, for Nottingham Forest with the uh, with the fo- left-footed shot uh, for uh, for the tricky trees yeah we'll be back next Karen I'm talking about Brentford Love Sport 558 AM Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio with B Sotted talking all things Brentford until 10pm tonight. So we're talking about the promotion of uh, Brentford legend Kevin O'Connor to assistant head coach to, uh, to Thomas Frank. But my question is, Charles, what does that mean for Brian? And I, I don't mean, you know... Well, a random guy called Brian. I mean Brian Reamer. No, I mean it's the, the same. I mean we had two assistant, um, two, two assistant head coaches or two assistant coaches when uh, when Dean Smith was there. We had O'Kelly and we also had Thomas Frank. So we've got exactly the same situation there now. We've got people who've got separate roles. I mean Kevin Connor. Interestingly, Kevin Connor obviously played at the club when uh, Lord Ibusu, who who is going to be on the phone to us in about 15 10 15 minutes time as well who's going to be at the besotted end of of christmas social on the 21st of uh this month on friday at the Fuller's Brewery, uh, besotted.com. You can get your tickets from there as well. It's going to be absolutely wicked. But, you know, we're going to talk to, to, to Lloyd a little bit later. But Kev O'Connor has come through the ranks. And a lot of people, I mean, you're asking the question, why is he, why have they put him in there? Interestingly, and we've, we've talked about this before, Kev O'Connor was actually meant to be um, assistant head coach when Marinus Dijkhausen was meant to be manager. He was very much touted for that job. And the reason why it didn't happen, from what I can hear, is that when Marinus came in, he bought his own man. So all of a sudden, it's like he bought his own man, Roy, and the plans that were put in place 
by Brentford. Didn't quite happen. So Kev, which is cool, you know, to be fair, it probably worked out well for him because then he actually ended up taking the role in the B team and learnt to, to manage uh, on his own as part of the B team. And he learnt, you know, he learnt the game from, you know, learning how to deal with players, learning how to game manage, how to, you know, to pick the right players and stuff like that. So it's kind of worked out. So he's had three years experience of actually managing on his own right now. And now he's coming in, working together with Thomas Frank, who obviously knows very well. Because, I mean, again, we saw Thomas Frank at a B-team game, you know, the one that we went to, and he goes there, and they obviously, you know, they also chat a lot. So I, I think it's not that bit, bit of a question mark as you might think, Laney. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see um, if Kev can step up and make a difference because it's, it's clear that there's, there has been a disconnect or it, it would it would appear to a lot of, a lot of fans or one of the biggest criticisms or biggest concerns of the fans is that um, the players uh, in the squad aren't aren't reacting or they're not they're not responding to to, to Thomas Frank and the, you know one of the biggest question marks was is is that kind of English British player or ex-player influence in the dressing room the thing that's missing um, and you know Kev O'Connor sh- certainly brings that he brings um, some sort of transition between the B team um, to the A team for the players that are kind of um, on the cusp of making a breakthrough so uh, hopefully he'll be a big advocate of the not dick advocate but a big advocate of players that are almost good enough to come and make their first team debuts um, and he, he will push that and he'll be able to nurture those kind of players that come through uh, it's it's still a concern for me that it, you know it, 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 if, if, if it doesn't work out for Thomas Frank where does that leave Kev O'Connor he's got 500 yeah. odd games the minute you leave the comparative safety of the junior or B team environments you are in the A team world and that's, that's a cutthroat world well the firing line yeah yeah, 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 you are. You've got to go there sometime, though. Possibly, but you need to do that. You need to make that transition at the right time. And, uh, and we can all probably reel off. You know, I remember, I remember a lot of play, a lot of good players that were in charge of B teams or junior teams, and they thought their time was right. They had to make that, and then it's probably the worst thing. If, if he'd done it under Dean Smith, I would have gone. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, but I'm not being funny. Okay, and we're going to come back to this. If he did it under Dean Smith, um, what? De- which Dean Smith? In particular, you're talking about what the Dean Smith who ended up leaving Brentford three years later and going to Aston Villa, and everyone's saying he's the best manager in the world. Or the Dean Smith who, after we beat Reading two one, and then he couldn't um, win for Toffee. You know what I'm saying? Like we went there. 2nd of January, Birmingham City lost 2-1. So, you know, it's 12th of January, we lost against Middlesbrough. 15th of January, we lost against Burnley. 23rd of January, we lost against Preston 3-1. 26th of January, we drew 1-0 with Leeds. 5th of February, we lost 3-0 against Brighton. 13th of February, we lost 4-0 against Sheffield Wednesday. 20th of February, we lost 2-1 against Derby. 23rd of February, we beat Wolves 3-0. And that was like, whoa! 27th of February, 2-1, we lost to Rotherham. 5th of March, we lost 2-1 to Charlton. 12th of March, we lost 3-0 to QPR. 19th of March, we lost 1-0 to Blackburn. That Dean Smith are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> wow. By that time, everyone wanted him out. And what I'm saying is that I'm not defending Thomas Frank here, but every, I remember that. That, that was last season. That was that was the first season. No, that was the season before. That was okay, the season well, 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 when Dean Smith had come in. Right. Play. Okay. No. 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 So what I'm, the, the, the Dean Smith I'm talking about is last season when Brentford went on that that run where they couldn't win at the start of the season. You brought Kevin O'Connor in there. 
Yeah. And don't get me wrong, Dean Smith turned it around, and Thomas Frank turned it around. A great, lovely call, fine. No, but, but, to be, but to be fair, you know, but we we said it at the time that there, there wasn't much wrong with the performances during that. You know that you know it was a it was a, a rubbish a start to the season. Yeah. But the performances were decent. You know the 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 yeah. the, the, the run that Billy's just outlined. We were playing. We were playing really awful. I, I, yeah. I still remember. I mean, out of all of that, obviously, I wouldn't. KBR. I won't forget the QPR game. I won't forget Brighton away on that Friday night as yeah. well. That was was that three 0 was it? Yeah. Yeah. Literally played us off the park, and we were mm. like, "Oh my now, god!" Now this is not defending what's happening at the moment now, but what's happened is that people choose to remember. You remember the latest things that have happened, and you remember the lovely runs. But Dean Smith was getting dogs abuse at this stage. Yeah, he was I th- properly. I, th- I think I think what Bill's saying, and is, and it's an important it's an important point, is the fact that when things are going right. The fans don't ever want to change that, and we, we we probably would have kept hold of Dean Smith for longer if the cards were in our hand. But you know, they, the the fans that are calling for 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 Thomas Frank now could have been the ones. That There's were a lot for, of fans calling for Thomas. Yeah, Frank. And, and and I'm and I'm and I'm one of them, and and and, and I've said it consistently over the last four weeks, five weeks, that I hand on heart do not think he's the person to take us up and is he the one to take us up but I'm happy to be proved wrong you know there's no point in having a mind if you can't change it is, is the thing that I always say and you know but it's for, it's for him now to, to, to turn this to turn it around and I, and I don't see any sign of him doing it GP. I think the big difference is when you compare Dean Smith and the situation now with Thomas Frank is that we don't have a point of reference of Thomas Frank winning games with Dean Smith we Quite did so there was a point where he did okay at the beginning. Then we went on a bad run. Then he did okay. Yeah. Then he, you know, went on that run. But we'd well, I means we'd seen Dean Smith turn it around. And I remember me and you spoke at half time at the um, Burton game when we were three one down. And the conversation was, well, he will bring us out of this. I don't know when. Don't know, and we don't know if we're going to go up. But interestingly, I mean, you talked about that, um, Dean Smith. It was actually Carsley that actually turned it around for Dean Smith. So when he came yes. in, it all really turned around. When was a big gap, wasn't there? When Frank came in, True. we were already on a stinky. I mean, Dean Smith hadn't exactly. won in, what, six matches? And then and then Frank came in and just continued the run and probably made it worse, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that it's hard for us to know, but we, I try and kind of keep a slightly level-headed thing about what's going on here. And I totally understand people flipping going mad because I think that's fair enough. But um, but listen, you know. Well, I mean, let's, let's get another let's let's get another let's get another point of view. Yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have Gabriel Sutton on soon. I'll be straight. I thought he was gone on Saturday. I thought he was gone on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just we're just not we're just not getting any better. No, it's going <laughs> to no bounce. There's no reaction. It could be a long winter for uh, for Brentford. Yeah, we'll speak to uh, Gabriel Sutton from the football lab next on Osborne. Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio with B Sotted, your Brentford fan show up until 10pm tonight, 0-0 in the East Midlands Derby. They're playing for the Brian Clough Trophy. They are indeed. Uh, we've just gotten some news from the the, the, the Christmas party at, at Griffin Park, apparently. Uh, Kev O'Connor is uh, is in the queue to see Santa, apparently. Great. What's he asking for? I've got no idea. New right back. 
Yeah, he's, yeah he's right back, left back. Left, right back, left back. That's right. Couple centre halves. Yeah. Anyone in the back line. Maybe a new goalkeeper after Saturday. Possibly. Possibly. All of the above. Oh. Yeah. Or maybe just three points. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. Uh, let's talk to Gab Sutton. He's from the Football Lab. Hi, Gab. Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, hey. all good. Good to have you uh, with us. Hey, Gab. How you doing, mate? It's Billy here. You all good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not too bad, thanks. That's good, man. So, listen. Yeah, listen. We, we just thought... we. We come on the show every week and we just get confused because we, we don't know what's going on. You know, we've got, as you know, we've got some good players there. We've had obviously a little bit of uh, upheaval at Brentford, but not enough upheaval for us to have the results that we're having. But um, yeah, I know that you sit down, you write, you know, you've got your football lab blog and you write a lot about stuff. You look about around the championship. What exactly is going wrong at Brentford? Can you tell us? Um, well, I don't think I can tell you definitively. Yeah, I should say I'm not actually a Brentford fan myself, but... Um, I, th- I think looking from the outside, I think there's sort of there seems to be a, a wide sort of variety of problems. Um, one thing I'll say is that um, I do think that Thomas Rank, I do think he has some quite innovative uh, ideas. Um, I think that the methods that he employed at the start of his reign, in terms of having sort of technicians like. Uh, Josh McEachern and and Romain Sawyer's in deeper positions. I actually think that in five or ten years' time, that those kind of ideas will become sort of more commonplace in uh, in the English game. But I think in terms of practicality for now, uh, I think there's a lot of things that are probably wrong. And uh, I would say that the man management side of things is possibly something that you might be struggling with at the moment. And when you say the man management, exactly what what you know, what he tells his players, how he tells his players, what they're meant to be doing, exactly what? Um, well, I suppose I look at um, Dean Smith. I mean, he's someone that um, I, I sort of I was lucky enough to be in press conferences with when he was manager of Warsaw. And the one thing that kind of stood out to me at that point was um, how kind of, I suppose, warm a person he is. I think he can sort of focus his players when he needs to, but he, I think he kind of had a sense of humour about him. And he generally, I think he kind of, he lifts the mood of, of people around you. He's quite, um, you know, he's got a bit of sort of charisma. And I just look at Thomas Frank and I think he's very, I think he's very meticulous in terms of his ideas. Uh, and he's a bit of an idealist, but I'm not necessarily sure that he's he's getting the ideas and his game plan um, across to his players. Because it's one thing having sort of great ideas or very good tactics. I'm not going to say they're great, but, you know, sort of very um, bold ideas. But you've got to get your players to buy into them. And I'm not sure that he's doing that at the moment. Hi, hi Gabriel. It's Dave, it's Dave Lane here. Um, welcome to the show. Um, yeah, and I've read... I've read um, you know some of your articles, and um, I, I kind of understand um, kind of some of the angles you're coming you're coming from. It, it would appear to, to 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 me that you're kind of suggesting that probably Thomas some of Thomas Frank's ideas um, are kind of he's not he's not communicating them to the players, or the players aren't understanding, or they they do understand and they don't they don't agree, um, or there's some there's a disconnect between what he wants them to do and what they are doing. Do, do you think that? Or he's not motivating them at all. Do you think? Do you think we're kind of reading too much into him being good, and the players just don't understand? You know, he's not working, and it's it, it, for me that he's not trying to play great football. It's just the same football that's not as good as under Dean Smith. Um, well, it's it's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, I, I I kind of think that for his his methods to work, you've got to be able to have 
um, forward to do loads of legwork because if you're going to have um, players like McEachern and, and Sawyers in those deeper positions, I know he switched it around a bit at Hull, but uh, then you've got to be able to have players further forward that do the running that sort of force posing teams back. And I would say that one thing is I'm not sure that he's necessarily got the, the personnel um, to, to sort of play that kind of way. But I, I just generally think that um, in terms of motivating players, if I look at the most... Um, successful managers at the moment and not, I don't just mean in the Prem I mean you know someone like Nathan Jones at Luton they've not just got very good ideas they've got a kind of an energy about them um, a sort of passion about them you look at Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool maybe uh, where you sort of you can just imagine that players sort of look at them and think yeah I really want to get behind this and I just think with Thomas Frank at Brentford at the moment I don't really see that kind of that zest and, uh, and enthusiasm and I think that why he's maybe finding it difficult to get um, the players, mostly the supporters, um, really on board. Yeah, um, it's just interesting. Was again, I just brought this a bit back a bit a little bit earlier when we were chatting with uh, with Aaron there. Um, when Dean Smith first started at Brentford, he went on a run where basically he lost pretty much every single match in thirteen games. I don't know if you remember that one. And uh, and um, it was it was uh, at the beginning of twenty sixteen, and literally the only game we won against was against Wolves. We won one game, which is three nil, and all the other games we were losing two nil, three nil, four nil. You know, against teams like Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday. Now. If you were sitting here now, would you be saying exactly the same thing at Dean Smith? And also, interestingly, and again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here as well. A lot of people were saying Dean Smith doesn't motivate the players. He just stands there in his grey suit. You know, the fans, he doesn't wave at the fans. You know, they say all these things about Dean Smith. This is three years ago. What I'm trying to say to you is that, you know... What is what is the difference, or did you do you remember that period of time, and and can you see a marked difference then? Because we were proper stinky then. Uh, yeah, I mean it's an interesting point, um, and I, I suppose um, you'd um, the key thing would be you'd have to look at what were the performances like um, under D- Dean Smith uh, when you're struggling. I mean, I suppose that's the key thing because if you sort of you know, if there is something that kind of gives you a bit of encouragement, uh, then you, I suppose you're more likely to stand by the manager. But in terms of the Brentford uh, fan base, I mean, looking at it from the outside, I feel like their sort of um, Brentford fans have kind of struggled to sort of um, get behind Thomas Frank more than they struggled to get behind Dean Smith even during the sticky period. But I, don't, I mean, you'd probably have better insight on that. Well, I think we tried. I think you know. I think the, I think the fans were were happy to you know give him an opportunity. Um, but it's, you know, week in week out, we 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 feel like we're we you know been let down. Really, is uh, you know the players before Dean Smith left. You know, we were questioning why we'd stopped winning um, or looking as good as we were in the first few weeks of the season. We said like some of the influential players were playing ten ten percent below where they were in the first three or four weeks now those same players seem to be like 20 or 30 percent below where they were and you know they're just not being motivated to 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 play or they just don't they're confused i i I don't get it and that's that's the reason i you know i I still say it i've said it week in week out i don't get the vibe that thomas frank's going to turn this around no, it certainly seems like um, a concern. I mean, I suppose the other thing is that um, when Dean Smith first took over, if I'm not mistaken, he did have a few good results 
initially, which maybe might have brought him a little bit of goodwill, whereas I suppose with Thomas Frank, I think you've only beaten Millwall so far. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean, you're getting into a relegation battle at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, it looks like uh, Brentford are certainly uh, slipping somewhat. Uh, Gab, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Cheers, Gab. Cut that uh, short Gabe Sutton from the football lab there. 87 gone at Pride Pod. Derby nil, Nottingham Forest nil on the way. But hopefully we'll be joined by Lord Lewis. Fingers crossed. This is Love Sport. Love Sport. Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio with your Brentford fan shown to the uh, last minute at uh, Pride Park. Nil-nil between Derby and Nottingham Forest. Let's talk now to a proper Brentford legend, someone who's flying in uh, for the besotted Christmas bees up at the Fuller's Brewery on Friday's final, all the way from Australia. That's right, mate. Tell you, Australia. Brentford everywhere, mate. They're flying in from all over the world to, to see the mighty... Mighty bees. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk Coming now to uh, <laughs> Lloyd and Woosie. Lloyd, how are you, pal? What's happening, guys? How are you? Morning, Lloyd. I hope you got the kettle on, pal. That's right, oh, man. man. You, 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 I've you, been up for about half hour. That's right, that's right. You've been lofting, you've been hands in the air and all that stuff, yeah? Yeah, you know we do, Bill. Yeah, that's me. So it's all good. So listen, Lloyd. Listen, oh, can we call you Dr. Lloydy now? Because we need you. We need a bit of surgery, mate. We need you to sort it out. I know you're coming at the weekend. You're coming up for the besotted <laughs> Christmas bees up on Friday at the Fuller's Brewery, which is going to be brilliant seeing you down there. Tickets still available, besotted.com, as you know. But listen, on Saturday, you're also going to be down at Griffin Park. And we need, we're going to be needing your help, mate, the doctor, to come in. You know, you've got so much experience. What's going on at yeah. Brentford? What's going on with Brentford at the moment now, Lloyd? I mean... It's not oh, really happening mate. with them, is it? You know, could you tell us? Have you been through this kind of thing? And is there any guidance that you can give us as fans and and the team? Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, the first result I always look for on a Saturday is always the bees, you know. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure since the Gaffer Dean's left, I think they've had ten games, and I think it's what eight defeats and two draws, or two draws and one draw, one loss, something like that. Yeah. So for me, for, for a team of Brentford's caliber, especially prior to this this bad run, they were going so well. So all of a sudden you've had a you've had a, a bad turn in form. So you've got to sort of look, put your finger on the buzzer and say, what, what is that? What's happened there? So for me as an ex-player and and been through that sort of mould before, there's a couple of things from from my perspective. Obviously, it's only my opinions. It's either for me, either the players just, I mean, you can't say the players aren't good enough because at the end of the day they were doing it beforehand. So for me, it's sort sort of has the gaffer changed the playing style since Dean's gone, or? For me, are the players just not buying into like, the, gaff, the new Gaffer's philosophy? It's as simple as that for me. Hi, Lloyd, it's Dave here. Um, what's, you know, what's it like when a new when a, when a new manager comes in? You know, how, how many how many weeks does it take to you know to the players like try and suss him out? Do you try do you speak about him when he's gone out the room to kind of compare him to the last one, or is it a lot more professional than that? Yeah, no, you do. To be fair, but if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure the Gaffer's already been he's already been in the in the system with the club. Uh, since Dean was there, if I'm not mistaken, no, you're uh, right, absolutely right. So, yeah. so in a way, it's not too much of a difference because obviously he 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 knows the way the club's been playing when the, when Dean was there. So for me, 
if you are getting that that sort of result, you sort of trying. You don't try and change too much. You have, don't get me wrong. Each manager has their own ingredient that, that they that they like to put in. But at the end of the day, the players shouldn't be getting results as bad as this over the last uh, eight to ten weeks. You know, losing games like this is not just not good enough. But Lloydie, you said that he's been there already, which we do understand. The question that I ask is a lot of people, especially a lot of people in the game, they say. It's, sometimes it's really difficult to step up from an assistant manager's role to the manager's role because all of a sudden your position with the players and, and mm. the way that they look at you is different. I mean, is that true or is that maybe not so true? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I mean, I've always said as an assistant role, you always that sort of go-between type of guy anyway, you know. You have that relationship with the players and you have that relationship with the gaffer. So if anything issues with the players, they sort of go to the middle man and then he sort of relays it to the gaffer. Uh so I mean, I mean, again, what was his what's his skill sets as an assistant? Was he a real was he a hands on as well with the gaff when he was there? Was he helping out? Was he putting on sessions? Did he have real Did he have some real implement, implementation with the gaffer? I don't know, but coming and stepping up to the head role it is it is a different challenge. Don't get me wrong. I mean, your head's on the line, and obviously, it seems like his head is on the line at the moment with with these bad results. But at the end of the day, also though, but players still have to respect whoever comes in, regardless where they've come from, whether they've come in from a system, whether they're coming from the youth team to a head coach, whether they've come to the outside, the players have to respect what he's trying to put in and, and obviously they still need to perform themselves. So Lloyd, um, have, you, have you ever witnessed such a change in fortunes um, playing you know, in a team that you've been in? Um, because it just, again, it seems weird that when you look at how Brentford you know, won 5-1 on the first day of the season against Rotherham and they're now behind them mm. in the league. Yeah, I mean, we. I mean, I think a couple of obviously when I was there many years ago, we had a, we did have a bad spell. I think there was, a, I think there was a spell of about, I think it might have been sixteen games when we, we didn't go on a win. Uh, but I mean, that was nothing to do with obviously change of management. Uh, ever since I was playing, any manager that came in, us as players always tried to give it our best shot and, and do the best we could as a manager. But from what I'm hearing, sort of through the grapevine, I'm not too sure whether the players are really buying into him. So that that could be the the underlying uh, issue there, you know. Are you, are you surprised that um, you know he's, we've gone on this run without a decision being made to, to kind of to, to, to sack him? As, you know, you see you, you see in football so often that you know a, a, a player, I'm sorry, a manager can have like five or six games, and if it doesn't go right, mm. that, that it, in this this is now sort of you know 11, 11 games and one win and one draw. Do you think this is kind of it's, it's quite unique, isn't it? Oh, mate, it is unique. And like I said, no disrespect, football's all about results and obviously the hierarchy. want to make sure that the, the that their team is is doing well. With regards to the Brentford now, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the games, they haven't been like sort of really outplayed. I mean, I haven't seen the games live or anything. I've seen the results. And you, you mean I see 1-0 against Norwich, 4-3 against Preston, 1-0 loss against Bristol. 1-1, 1-1 Birmingham. So the game, they've been in the games, you know. It's not as if they've been out of the game. They've been demolished like 4-0, say. So, obviously, they beat Millwall 2-0 as well along the way. So every game's been close so far. So it's just, I guess you could say, a bit of bad luck. But at the end of the day, results count. And if, if he doesn't produce, I would put, personally say, the next two to three games before the turn of the year, the, the hierarchy might, might make another decision, you know. Lloyd, hold fire. We're going to go for a short pause and we'll be back with you on the other side. Lloyd Abusu with us on Love Sport Radio this evening. Finishing 0-0 in the East Midlands derby uh, between Derby County and Nottingham Forest. A really good game. Love Sport.
Yeah, joined by uh, Lloyd Wusu on the uh, on the B Side show here on Love Sport Radio. Uh, Lloyd, you still with us? Yep. Yeah, good to uh, good I'm to have it. you with I'm us. Lloyd, what, what what have you got for breakfast, then? Because you know we're we're going to be having breakfast about eight hours or nine hours. But you you know maybe you might be guided by what you're having. What are you having? What do you mean? What am I having? Breakfast for breakfast. Is oh, brekkie! Oh, brekkie! I didn't even eat it. Yeah. Oh, mate, I'm just about. I'll probably make myself a bit of scrambled egg and uh, some bacon, and then I'll put put some fruit in the smoothie uh, in the blender, and have that before my day starts. Oh, okay, that's cool, man. So, let's listen. So, I mean, obviously, you're getting yourself ready. You've packed your suitcase. You're going to be on a plane, and you're literally landing at three o'clock on Friday afternoon. Yeah. Coming straight down to the besotted Christmas bees up at the Fuller's Brewery on Friday evening as well. So, you know, hopefully, you know, there's going to be no traffic jams or nothing like that, or no plane delays, <laughs> you know, in the sky, you know. But it's, really, it's going to be good fun. Like I said, besotted.com, you still get your tickets on there, which is all good. And listen, Darren avoid Powell, the Dar- 25 Darren Powell's going to be there you know? too. And your, your buddy Darren Powell, so tell me, I mean, yep. you two, you're on a little double up act. You know, <laughs> what, what, why? What, what is you know? What are you and Darren going to be bringing to the the night on 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 Friday night, mate? Oh, mate, you know myself and Darren, we both came from. I'm non, I won't disclose too much obviously because we want to talk about it on Friday night. Obviously, we both came from the non-league days, so uh, there's a lot of great stories. There's a, bit, a lot of fire between us, uh, so we're going to bring a lot of energy, excitement, and obviously, mate, for me, most and foremost, it's just great to see the true high die diehard Brentford fans there. That's right, man. You know, and also, I mean, okay, we're not going to reveal it all, but I mean, obviously, there's uh, you had, you had quite a few years at Brentford. Some, you played with some great players as well. I mean, players mm-hmm. that went on to to, to 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 good things. You know, your Gavin Miles. Who was a? Uh, I mean, obviously, other than Darren, who's going to be with with you, who was yeah. another player that you really enjoy playing with? You know, I mean, luckily enough, we had like you said, we had some great, great players there, and some have gone on to some exceptional careers so far. Uh, obviously, first and foremost, must make Herman Hermanson was a. Uh, a great uh, acquisition to the team back in 98, 98 when I first joined when we got him from Crystal Palace uh, sorry from uh, no where did Crystal Palace he came from Palace. yeah Palace mm. yeah. yeah Palace well, yeah, came from Palace and went to Wimbledon didn't he yeah so uh, yeah he was a great player and obviously went on to do great things but for me players like Gavin Mahon who was very very Mr. No, he went under the radar you know what I mean no one spoke about Gavin Mahon he, but he was just absolute technically a his ability was unbelievable. He had everything in the locker, you know. Again, he another one come from non-league football. He just had pure belief and drive, and he really pulled the, play, the boys through. And then obviously we had young young players who came through on loan, like Steve Sidwell, for example, a great mate of mine. Again, and as soon as he came on that training pitch, the first session, I said to myself, "That kid's going places." I remember I pulled him. I said, "You mate, you'll, you'll be hitting the promised land one day." And fair and fair play to him. He's done that. Uh, he's another great player. So look. Paul Evans. I mean, the, the list is endless, you know. Ollie Gottskalskin as well. Is it? Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Ollie, the, the goalkeeper. To be fair, he was a, a like like you know, goalkeepers are different. You know, I mean, they're in, they're they're, they're <laughs> their own breed. Uh, they're on their own in a way. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, what I mean, if, if they would make a great save, they they spoke about. It. If they make a bad save or letting a bad goal, they spoke about it as well. But he was a character, you know. Uh, come from an Icelandic international. He was just a mad, mad guy, but he was a great goalkeeper. You know, he would just make that goal look so small, and he'd be so intimidating for, for strikers trying to score against him. Me, me, and Billy were prepping some questions for you before before this show, um, Lord yeah. And uh, you got your dancing shoes. We, 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 I was going to say, yeah, we're watching some some. You're cutting a few shapes. You're gonna you're gonna bring your dancing shoes on on Friday night. So uh, we oh, yeah. we're gonna have a little bit I of a boogie, man. 
I might have to. I had my cousin's wedding over the weekend as well, and uh, the old Michael Jackson come on. I just had to bust a few little moves, you know, so a bit of fun there. Oh, we've got some interesting songs for you to dance to. Don't, don't you worry, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> That's right. So, listen, I mean, interestingly, one of your ex-teammates um, is now um, the assistant manager at Brentford, Kev O'Connor. Um, do, do you think that this is a... And we were talking about the fact that whether or not it's the right time for him to be come step up as assistant manager at this time when things aren't going particularly well. Do you think Kevin's going to be able to sort of take this in his stride and maybe actually add something to Brentford? Yeah, look, Kevin's done the hard yards. You know what I mean? First and foremost, he's been there as a player for many, for over you know I mean, 20 years. So he knows the club inside out. The players, I believe, have a lot, a lot of respect for him. You know what I mean? You, you can't be a player who's been there at one club for that long without players not looking up to you. So I believe it could be a bit of a nice little recipe because, you know, Kevin's come in. He's, he's got his own ideas as well. He'll obviously liaise that with the new gaffer. Uh, and then hopefully the boys can really have a lift this weekend. Good luck. So, I mean, for me, myself, coming to the game on Saturday, I hope against Bolton, it can be the, the turning point of, uh, of, uh, of the season and hopefully start getting some results. So, fingers crossed, hopefully Kevin can bring something else as well and uh, they can start getting some results on the table. I've got a little, little bit of a question here for you, mate. So, I mean, a lot of your, a lot of your sort of growing up time and, you know, especially your football evolution was in, at Slough. Um, mm. You know, now you're... So, why are you slumming it in Sydney now, man? <laughs> oh, mate. It's surely Slough. Slough. Brick Slough misses you. It's surely Slough yeah, this, Slough, t- this Slough, time Slough, of year. Br- Brickwell misses you, pal. <laughs> that's the one, mate. Uh, you ain't going to take that out of me, mate. That's, that's, my, that's my bona fide place, man. My bona fide home place. But uh, for me, look, it's all about a lifestyle uh, choice in regards of, especially I've got two little ones. And uh, for no disrespect, I mean, I, when I was when I came back from Australia about eight years ago, I was living in South East London in Rotherhove. And uh, I mean, I looked out the back window and uh, there was all these boys smoking, about 14, 15-year-old boys smoking. And I said to myself, I can't even let my little girl play out there. It's not even safe. So I just said to myself, you know what? I've been to ex- Australia, had that experience. What we had there was really nice. I'm going to go and give it a go. At the end of the day, like you said, Slough and Britwell and everywhere is always there for me, so I can always come back. So I just said to myself, you know what, pack up shop, let's go and give it a go. And uh, like I said, I've been there like now seven years consecutive and not really look back. Don't get me wrong, look, you miss your home comforts. You, you do, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's sort of, for me, it's all about my kids and having that lifestyle where they can, where I know they're in a safe environment, outdoor living, just loving life, really. Excellent. So, listen, Lloydy, it's been absolutely wicked chatting to you tonight. We're going to see you in a couple of days. And like I said, also, and we're going to be sort of uh, raising money as well for Cry, which is obviously, as you, you met him once, Rob Rowan, Brentford's technical yeah. director. And um, yeah. like I say, unfortunately, he died in a, a month ago um, from, from a heart condition. And uh, we will be raising money on the night as well for Cry as well, which is the, 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 the cardiac um, yeah. charity as well. So we're going to raise money Beautiful. for that as well, which is which is all good. And it's, it's just going to be, it's always a lovely night. It's interesting. We talk about Kevin. Connor goes Kev O'Connor obviously you played with him he was actually uh, yeah. last Christmas we did actually with, with Kev O'Connor King Kev and we actually even got a crown and he got a cloak and he got everything Beautiful. last year didn't yeah. he no it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be brilliant brilliant to see you on Friday um, Lloydie and you know if, if you haven't got your ticket already um, get onto the besotted.com website Sign yourselves up. Get your mates to come down. He's not talking about you, Lloyd. No, no. It's a general. No, no, no. We saw you, mate. And then, uh, no. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully raise some money for um, for the Rob Rowan's. Uh, there you go. Just so good. So, Lloyd Wusu and Darren Powell Friday night. It's gonna be all good. It is gonna be good, Lloyd. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us this evening, Lloyd Safe Wusu. journey. Safe journey. Yeah, Lloyd safe Lloyd. trip, pal. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your breakers as well out in Australia. Um, 
let's uh, let's well we nil nil between Derby and Forest yeah. by the world seeing uh, Nigel Clough on uh, on screen what a game we saw there um, yeah let's uh, let's carry on talking Thomas Frank and uh, we're, we're, we're um, talking about Brentford. when it's the Christmas when it's the Christmas party I think it's over I is think it it's finished? done it's, I think it's done I mean the elves have gone and everything <laughs> like that but it, I think they've had a, a absolute people seem like they've had an absolutely fantastic time down at uh, down at down at Brentford what was the what was the what was the latest thing that it was uh, apparently it was called the the nightmare, nightmare, <laughs> the nightmare before, before Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> 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 I've got national Brent, Brentford related Christmas presents. Can I just say the five pound mugs are a treat? Really? Have you, have you picked up a few of you? I've picked up a gift for someone, yeah. Oh, have you? Yeah, that's right. I thought you were insulting actually. us. I thought you were no, calling us the £5 mark. I thought about our defenders. Them as well. I thought you were talking about the price reduction for the Oxford game, are you? So. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't really go wrong. No. Right? So, but... um. Let's so talk about Brentford-related Christmas presents. Because a few of the people that down at the uh, the event tonight picked up a few Brentford-related Christmas presents. Other than three points, okay, which is obviously something that we'd really love. What else did you... I, I was actually having a little scout around on the Brentford uh, website as well for a few little bits and pieces today. What did you, you find, know, Bill? Of, uh, oh, I, I did see it. Oh, I don't know. I just, there, there's a few bits, but, you know, there, there, there's a gilet. You know, gilet? <laughs> I can't... The word I want to use, I can't use on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save this word. I'm gonna, minute i come off air i'm gonna use it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's a, i think there's some socks as well i mean socks always sort of come in a bit handy didn't they Gilo. <laughs> <laughs> but um lady any any brentford late christmas presents that you've thrown out to people there that well you of know? course it's yeah. the griffin park book that's right yeah so if you've not got one you should have one it's definitely one for the uh the you've coffee got, table you've got one i've got you? one for, it's, yeah. it's on the coffee table it's definitely one for the coffee table it's mm. a conversation starter Gaz, you know guess what do you feel <laughs> with just people <laughs> come around the, girl, the girls that you, you, you geezers come around to clean the oven tomorrow you never know he might be a Brentford fan that's right Gaz what do you think Thomas Frank has got on his a Christmas party uh, his Christmas list do you think well I know you can't you probably can't wrap up a break because that's probably what he needs um, you know considering the way it's gone um, he he needs a, he needs the luck he needs the backing of the fans what, it, Maybe what under the tree yeah, yeah, about do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, a couple of fans in his house probably isn't the best idea this at this moment in time. Um, what's well, I think, he need? I think he maybe needs, he needs uh, a, yeah. maybe a translator so that these ideas that he's bringing. It'd be easier for players not, to So it's understand. like a box. It's like ideas translator. Yeah. yeah I it? think he needs a cattle prod and a rocket. You know, a, a couple of players need prodding and a couple of them need a rocket. And I, I, I think he needs. I need, he might need a megaphone as well to shout at a few. <laughs> yeah, maybe some bricks to go across the goal and... Do you think? Oh, a brick wall. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if he, um, maybe if he opened up his uh, Christmas tree and he found a, a defensive midfielder as well. Maybe I was, was going to say, I heard there might be a bus available in from Manchester at some point soon. <laughs> I suspect so. You know, so uh, that 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 could come in handy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think there is a there's a tendency to to feel to feel sorry for him, and and I, I think you know, he, I, I think certain things haven't gone his way. Do, but, do you think he'll be given January? Yeah, no, I think. Oh yeah, it, I, I think, think he will be given yeah. time. Yeah, I, do, I yeah. think so. The only thing is, I 
I, I don't think the fans are going to take another defeat on Saturday. No, I think the fans have been pretty patient. I think they've been pretty patient, but Saturday's a big Saturday's a, Sa- yeah. it's a massive game. Saturday, you know, you, you know, you know, West Brom away. You know, again, you know, we we should have we should have got annihilated there. We didn't, and, but the atmosphere was was really good. And yeah. you know, again on on uh, on Saturday, the atmosphere wasn't wasn't awful. Yeah. But I mean, we don't we didn't do that. We didn't get the, uh, the 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 other side fans today because we don't like getting the fans in on Monday. Especially when you've just lost a couple of days earlier, um, but the Bolton fan that I speak to, Eddie um, from uh, a line of, of Vienna Suite, really good guy, and I said to him, you know, mate, you know, it's, it's you know, it's going to probably be a bit easier for you on Saturday than you expect, and he went, absolutely no chance. He said, we are terrible. So Bolton have laid it out; they are terrible, and like I said to you, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, they're going to have you know their players stripped and their managers probably gone, you know. So there's no better opportunity for Brentford at home to beat. Um, Bolton Wanderers so we need to just go out there and not feel sorry for ourselves and go do it Chaps let's have a uh, a score predo from you uh, I think we're going to get a narrow win. I, I, I think I think we we will win, but let's, you know I'm not in the mood for brushing problems under the under the carpet at the moment. It's, it ain't great, and uh, one one win's not going to make it better. I think we're going to win two nil, and I think we're going to get a bit of our mojo back, and we're going to go to Christmas eating lots of turkey. I think it's going to be similar to the Millwall game. I can see it being a bit narrow, a two-one win. Brilliant stuff there, have it. Uh, it's the uh, besotted Pride of Brentford podcast, uh, Pride of West London podcast, Pride of West London, podcast. Pride of Brentford as well. Um, yeah, thank you very much to uh, to Bill and Dave Lane and Gary Paul uh, for joining me this week. And our Christmas do Lloyd Abusu and Darren Powell Friday at the Fullers Brewery. We're going to get lots of open bar and lots of food and lots Looking of drink forward and lots to of everything. It. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Keep coming, Aaron. This is Love Sport. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.